Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this first episode of Cultures of Health and Healing. The purpose of this podcast is going to be to take a look at what wellness is, take a look at what fulfillment is, to try to figure out how holistic healing connects with our various ideas that we learn from non-Western cultures. And each episode is going to be an attempt to look at the philosophy along with the practice along with takeaways, things that you can use in your own personal journey to health and healing. I'm going to begin by a little bit of a background story, a biographical sketch to tell you about my own life and the things that I learned over the course of many years of exploring the connection between spirituality and healing. So as a child, I was always inquisitive. I always wanted to know about the deeper aspects of life. But by about the age of 12, I had what I would describe as a spiritual yearning, wanting to understand my relationship with the entire universe. And I kind of began by looking at my religion. And I didn't come from a particularly religious household, but I was raised as a Presbyterian. And I always felt, even as a kid, that I didn't get the thing, the answers to my questions personally from my religion. And so really at about the age of 12, I began an exploration of other cultures that began with yoga, which may not seem like a strange thing right now, but back in those days when I was a kid, it, it was considered kind of odd and unusual, especially for a 12-year-old to be practicing yoga. But I was looking at not only the physical postures of yoga, but I was interested in Hinduism and the answers that Hinduism gave to the questions that I had about life. So as a kid, I was practicing yoga. I was exploring the ideas of Hinduism and Buddhism and Taoism and also became a martial artist. Uh, studying various martial arts from the East. So I began this quest that took me first to cultures of Asia. When I got to college, I continued with all of those same things, um, but I began an exploration of two disciplines that would have to do with two aspects of how to integrate these ideas into my life. I began studying uh, anthropology and philosophy, and what I found was um, I was a, a major, I had a major in anthropology, but a minor in philosophy. And the two of them represent these two aspects of healing. So anthropology tells us about what people actually do. Philosophy examines what people say they're going to do or what the ideal is. So I began both of them, and anthropology actually provided me with a method for all of this. Cultural anthropology is comprised of two aspects, ethnography and ethnology. So in ethnography, we look at one particular culture in depth, and specifically the way that we do it is with something called participant observation. 
So when we go to a culture that's different than ours, we try to learn about it by being immersed in it, by doing the people in that the people in that culture do. But we're also an observer. We're also somewhat detached from it at the same time we are participating. So there is ethnographic fieldwork that looks at a particular culture. The other part of cultural anthropology is called ethnology. And ethnology is when we take a particular topic of study and then we look at how various different cultures approach that. So that became kind of a method for me in my own area of interest, which from the very beginning was this intersection of spirituality and healing. So I was an undergraduate at uh, State University of New York College at Oneonta. I went on to graduate school the following year uh, at the University of Oklahoma. And University of Oklahoma was a curious place for me to go because my area of interest, as I said earlier, was really at the time in cultures of Asia. But I found myself at the University of Oklahoma and I wanted to do ethnographic field work. And so because of the fact that Oklahoma is right smack in the middle of Indian country, it's the, the state in our country with the highest number of tribes of Native Americans, I decided that I would do my field work among Native people. And the first tribe that I began my field work with was the Comanches, largely because I had a roommate at the time um, who was part Comanche. And I began my field work with this quest, the idea that I wanted to find a medicine man who could tell me a little bit about how um, concepts of wellness and healing are approached by that particular tribe. And over the course of time, I eventually met a man named Oliver Pataponi, who was an old man who was a medicine man in that tribe. He shared a lot with me that I'm going to be talking about in subsequent uh, episodes, but he also adopted me into his family, and that began a completely new chapter in my life. So Comanches and a lot of other tribes of Native Americans have this concept that they will adopt somebody or take them into their family um, if they want a particular type of relationship. So I got to know him. I got to know that family over the years and uh, eventually tribes, other tribes of Native Americans from Oklahoma and various parts of Indian country. In the process, I developed a completely different notion of spirituality than the one that I had had up until that point. And I would describe my earlier concept of spirituality as being a vertical one. In other words, um, we here on this planet, um, in our work, in our life, there is a, a way that religion and spirituality have of connecting us with something that is transcendent. And that's why I'm going to call that vertical. So in a way, spirituality is something that helps us to escape this world, to find something that is more real. Now, what I found in traditional indigenous ways of understanding that, that for me began with the native peoples of North America was another way of connecting, a, a, a horizontal way of connecting. In other words, 
connecting more to be more present in this world. So I found a spirituality that was very much embedded in our connection with the earth, with the people that make up our community. And so maybe that those two could connect together, this idea of verticality, connecting with something transcendent, including a creator, and horizontal, that connects us with the things of this world, the earth itself, and our sense of sacred community. And if we have the two together in balance, I, I came to look at that as an ideal spiritual life. And we'll be talking a lot more about that in this, uh, this podcast. Also, while I was at the University of Oklahoma, and I was studying indigenous cultures of North America, I was also exploring Mesoamerica, so including, of course, Mexico. I had a professor who was teaching a course that I was taking on ancient Mesoamerica and the archaeology of it, the ancient thinking of it. And the professor mentioned something pretty much just in passing in the class. He talked about a practice called curanderismo, which is an indigenous way of healing practices, so practices and beliefs that are still in practice today, um, that have their roots in indigenous ways of healing from ancient times, but in many cases also influenced by Christianity, uh, influenced by the things that the Spanish brought in with them. So folk Catholicism is a part of it. Um, another part of it is even African and Middle Eastern influences. So I became more and more interested in what he had to say. I met with him after the, the lecture, and he told me he had done his fieldwork in Oaxaca, Mexico, where this practice of curanderismo um, is still very much prevalent today. So I became interested in it. I did more and more research on curanderismo, and eventually I had the intention to do two studies of curanderismo, one in southern Texas, because it's still practiced today in south Texas, near the Mexican border. So I was going to do a short-term study on curanderismo as practiced in San Antonio, Texas, and then I was going to go on to a one-year residency in Oaxaca, Mexico. But for a variety of reasons, I ended up taking a terminal master's degree and kind of forgetting about that intention to study curanderismo. In the meantime, I went on to lots of other activities, um, became much more involved in the world of Native Americans um, from Oklahoma and in other parts of North America. And years later, I joined a chapter of what is called the Native American Church, which is um, it's a particular practice that began among Plains Indians that took the idea of healing the one-on-one -on -one healing that took place a long time ago, but put it into a new context of a ceremony that takes place inside the teepee. So I came to be very much involved uh, with the Native American church and eventually joined a chapter um, in Oklahoma. Now, when I joined, I made it very clear that I wasn't going to be able to be there all the time or even frequently to their ceremonies because 
I was, of course, living in New York. So I told them that, you know, if there's one ceremony that I could attend every year, I, I could try to commit to that. And their suggestion was that I go once a year in February to the ceremony in South Texas near the Mexican border where they collect the medicine that's necessary for the ceremony. So I decided that I was, I was going to go and I was going to fly into San Antonio, Texas and then drive from there down to the border area where the ceremony would take place. And when I got there, I realized, I kind of thought back, oh yeah, this was where I was going to do my field work on curanderismo. So I decided to just kind of see if I could find out if anybody was still practicing curanderismo in South Texas. And I was kind of discouraged to, fact, to find that there really weren't any practitioners, at least that I could easily find. But I eventually discovered an article that talked about uh, curanderismo, and it, it specifically talked about an anthropologist who was going to be at a public meeting with a local curandera. And it described her, it talked about her, and just mentioned in passing that she worked at a store in downtown San Antonio. Now, the article had written, been written years before I got there, but I decided to go to the store and see if I could find this person. And I walked into the store and met my first, who would become my first teacher in curanderismo. Uh, she goes by the name of La Golundrina, and she's featured in a book called They All Want Magic by Elizabeth de la Portilla. And I met her and got to be friendly with her and began a connection with her. And she, eventually she became my first teacher in curanderismo. Then I went on to learn from another, a number of other teachers, including Elena Avila, who wrote a book. And I hope you listeners will go out and get this book. Um, Elena Avila wrote a book on curanderismo, um, which I'll tell you about a little bit later, um, called Woman Who Glows in the Dark. Eventually, I went on to apprentices with a number, apprenticeships with a number of different teachers from both Mexico and from the United States. I went on to learn about other systems of healing, for example, medical qigong from China, sound healing from various different parts of the world, and even integrated things like NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and ended up with my own ways of healing um, in one-on-one. -on -one. So all of these ideas that I've described to you so far are what go into my own personal background, but it also led me to look at this confluence of philosophy and practice, the connection between what we ideally think about a particular way of healing and how we actually do it in the world. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you over the course of the episodes of this podcast. So we'll look at questions like, what is wellness? How do we define what it is to be well? What is healing? How does it work? And how does culture influence healing? How does the culture that a person is born into influence it? And how can we go to other cultures and explore that, their sense of healing and bring something back from it? 
How can we use insights of healing from other cultures in our modern life? So I'll share a lot of these ideas with you, how they they uh, came to be a part of my life, but I'll also interview practitioners of a variety of different methods of healing. So I hope that you'll join us over the course of these episodes that are to come, where we explore healing, where we look at techniques of healing, where we explore other cultures, where we look at the connection between spirituality and healing. And each episode with an idea of what you can take away as the listener. How can you use these ideas of healing in your own life? So in our next podcast, we're going to look at the connection between mind and body, what it tells us about healing, and how we can even expand our sense of what is possible in this notion of wellness that comes from cultures all over our planet. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Fetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness. 